of using Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Kevin Michael, Whitey Gleason, Kyle Draper in today Yo. for Chris Watkins, who is ill. I'll say feeling better, question mark, because of the reports that he's been out playing golf, which are neither... I can neither confirm nor deny them. I don't know if you've discovered anything. No, so nobody's, nobody's yeah. put out any video yeah. or texted us or anything yeah. like that. I'm yeah. not sure what he's doing. So officially, he's recovering, and we wish him the yeah, best. Yeah, I hope he gets illness. back tomorrow. Oh, Kirk. Ah. <laughs> That's his guy. That's his boy, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, yeah. No, he's got a little sniffles. He's like, ah, cut me, cut me. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, we know that Mike Brown was at the uh, soccer match, uh, yes. the 10th anniversary, uh, Sac Republic, Hughes Stadium, and he spoke to our friend Sean Cunningham about S- Sasha Vazenkov. I know you also have spoken to Monty McNair yes. about Sasha Vazenkov. Kings are very, very optimistic about him, aren't they? They are. They're high on him, and you know we, we should have known right from day one, uh, right after the season, when they had such a contingent go over there, uh, to uh, Europe uh, and, and check out Sasha play. They put the full court press on this guy. You know, so much was being made about Kyle Kuzma and going out there and getting all these names. Really, the Kings' number one target was bringing Sasha over here. And, you know, when you see Mike Brown over there, Monty McNair over there, you know, you, you see some of the coaching staff, some of the business partners uh, over there. It was clear that priority number one for them was bringing Sasha over. He's a 27-year-old EuroLeague MVP uh, guy that can shoot the ball. And so high expectations for him. I wonder, are we placing too much on this guy? You know, he, he's sort of like a Bigfoot, uh, a unicorn or something like that. We've seen him a little bit, you know, but how does his game translate to here? And so does the legend of Sasha, <laughs> you know, actually yeah. match the reality? That's what I want to see. Uh, first, here is what Mike Brown had to say to Sean Cunningham Saturday night about Sasha Vizinkov. You're going to enjoy him. Here's a guy that plays hard. He's tough. Very, very, very smart. Extremely good feel for the game of basketball. He can pass it. He cuts. He knows how to space. And he can shoot the mess out the ball. It's a quick. He's got a quick trigger. And I'm looking forward to seeing him out in action against other teams this year. Here's my main concern with Sasha Vizankov. Can he guard people? Because we know right, that's been right, an, right. that's been an issue with the Kings. And I, um, I, it was funny the conversation that I think you had with Monty McNair, and I think you asked him about um, Sasha Vizankov offensively, and he went on and on. And then I think you asked him about the other end, or he commented on the other end. He said, defensively, he's an improved rebounder. And I'm like, <laughs> that's it? Right. No, yeah. he's but not going to be a lockdown guy. I get it, he, he's not going to be you know, a guy that you can uh, count on to lock anybody down. But, you know, what what you do hope is that he makes teams pay on the other end. He is kind of stronger, I think, than, than people uh, know and, and give him credit for. You know, when I watch him and I've seen him in person a, as well, you know, he, he's a little stronger than, than I think uh, we expect him. him? No, nah, no, nah, he, he wasn't ready for this smoke. So <laughs> I decided to take it easy. I oh, said yeah. next time, Sasha. Right. But, no, I, I wonder – just how much can he contribute uh, for the Kings this season? Like, are we are we expecting a ten point per game score, twenty eight minute per game guy? I, I think that's the big question, you know. Uh, and, and maybe we'll get some answers the first month of the season. But you know, you're talking about a guy who's twenty seven, who's played professionally for you know a number of years, a decade basically, and so I don't think there will take that much time for him to be adjusted. Because when you look at the NBA now. 
the NBA actually, you know, patterns the European game a little bit, you know, to drive That's and That's what kick. Matt Barnes was yeah, telling it, us when we talked yeah, to him last week. exactly. Yeah. It's not the same old days, you know, the Detroit Piston bad boys or anything like that. The Heat and Knicks in the 90s, super physical, that kind of thing. You know, so many advantages are given to the offensive player, you know, and, and so I, I think Sasha will be fine. With that being said, when you look at the the roster, you know, Sasha's what, the seventh option on the team, maybe eighth, you know? And so, you know, I, I just want to temper some expectations. Don't expect this guy to come over and be a 15, 16 point per game score immediately. It's interesting to me because we know that the the Kings run a system that's very similar to what the Warriors run. Yeah, yeah. Mike Brown brought a lot of that over. And when I was uh, in the Bay Area, you'd have a lot of guys that come in to play with the Warriors. And for some guys, it was like, well, um, uh, DiVincenzo comes to mind. Some guys are like, yeah, that's how we play. For other guys, it was like, what What are we doing? Like Kelly Oubre, he didn't play that way. Um, I My point is, Vizankov, to me, from what I've seen of him, haven't seen as much as you have, but I have seen him play. It's not going to be any problem no. the way he plays off the ball. He can, he plays naturally that way. That's yeah. how he plays. Yeah, he's not a ball dominant guy. Right, he, right. And he's a he's a catch and shoot guy, really. Yes. And so I I think he'll have a number of open looks. I I want to see him out there. Can you imagine it? This five man unit. You got Fox out there. You got Herder and or Monk. You got Keegan Murray, Sasha, and Sabonis. I mean, if you're a defense a, a, a defender. A, a team, how do you pick your poison? Because all those guys can shoot. You know, Fox has the ball in his hands. He's creating. Sabonis is creating. And then you got three shooters out there with Monk, uh, Keegan Murray, and Sasha. And so, you know, as great as this Kings offense was this past season, I think personnel-wise, roster-wise, they're an improved offensive team. Yeah, and that's scary. Mm-hmm. I think the whole thing will be, is the shot going in? Eventually it's going to, you know, but... Will that be part of the adjustment? He's going to get open shots, but they probably will be more closely contested than anything he saw in uh, the EuroLeague. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm worried. I don't know if you remember when Marco Bellinelli, he was a really good shooter. Yes. He came over here the one year he was here. he He was like, he was a really good shooter, except the one year he was here. And I'm not suggesting it's a Sacramento <laughs> thing that's going to apply right, to Sasha. Right. I'm just saying sometimes it takes a while uh, for that to translate. It probably won't, but it, uh, hopefully it doesn't. Yeah, but but you look at the, the personnel uh, around Marco back then. You look at the style of the NBA right now. You know, one thing we've seen uh, from the Kings is – they get a number of good open looks. You just got to knock them down. You just, you know, the style of their offense and the way they play, it's it's not a one-on-one right. take a tough shot kind of. You're not kinda. taking a lot of contested yeah, shots. Yeah, you're not yeah, taking contested right. shots. And so I, I think, you know, the key for Sasha is he has to come in and realize that, you know, he doesn't have to be EuroLeague MVP, Sasha. He doesn't have to go out there and score 20. You know, he he has to be what Keegan Murray to an extent was this past season. Take what the defense gives you. And, you know, over time it'll develop. He'll get more, you know, comfortable. You know, he'll be asked to do more. But I'm talking about for the Kings to be a winning team, I just think he needs to come in, knock down some open shots, play okay, solid defense, and, you know, I look at him as a, a 9 or 10 point per game scorer this season. I think one of my bold predictions was he was going to average a little more than that. But, you know, it's bold predictions. Well, what, was, what was it? Let's I go. Chris he was like 17 or something. Like. Didn't I have him at 14 a game? 
Yeah. It's a bold prediction, Kyle. So hold on, hold on. It's supposed to I be gotta, bold. I got to let you. I had him taking over the starting uh, spot. Uh, From Barnes who? Harrison Barnes? Yes. By about midseason. Oh. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Yes. 50 games. My God. That's right. That's right. You asked. No, that's why it's a bold prediction. And you know what? That's why it's a bold prediction. And I'm looking at the YouTube chat. And, you know, sometimes people should just keep things to themselves. You know, just just keep things quiet. What? Our person, Pike916. 16, 7, and 3. Pike is if bringing Sasha it Sasha averages 16, 7, and 3, fit me for a ring right now. The Kings are winning the title. There's no way. Mark it down. Is that your bold Kings prediction of the season? What, that he won't average 16? Yeah. No, that he, that he will and no, you're getting a ring. Heck no. Heck no. It is not happening. I, I can uh, go to the farm like on that, it. man. Go to I the like bank. It. Bet the farm on that one. I get it, Pike. So what's Keegan going to average? 22? You know, like, are we going to yeah, have like Keegan's eight guys averaging? Uh, Fox is 30 again right. this year. And Fox is getting that 50 burger. I already oh told you about guys. that. The Kings are going to average about 135 this season based on Pike 916. But Domas' numbers will be down a little. That doesn't mean he won't be Down from good. 19 and 12? Uh, Well, scoring will be down a little. You think down from 19? Huh? A little bit. Yeah. Because I think He's still your gonna... second option. He's still... I think he's still going to be your second option, Whitey. I mean, I, I get it. Ke- Harrison's might be down, but Harrison gets his. It's not like he takes a ton of shots. But so Keegan's I still, going to take more yeah, shots. Yeah, Keegan's this year. definitely going to take more. Right? And you want him to. You want it. Russell says 11, 5, and 2. That's that's a little more like it. Okay. I might be able to go with that. I, I love I love this here. We got people, or they already know it's going to be 11, 5, and 2. Keegan could be around the same at 16, maybe 18, but I feel like both will have. High percentage. Yeah, give us, uh, give us, uh, Mr. Vizenkov slash line points, rebounds, right. assists per game. <laughs> I'm at what am I? Fourteen and uh, oh, I don't think I ever did the rebounds. I do fourteen five and you know I think last year Sabonis was the only player on the team that averaged as many as five rebounds a game. Really, I believe that's correct. Really, wow. Yeah. Barnes and Fox are both like four point yeah. something. Yeah, and so Sabonis led the league in rebounding, but I think he was the only guy on the team. To average Jeez. as many as five a game. Well, he, he got a lot of them. You yeah. know, he, he uh, led the league in rebounding. I got Sasha at 10, 4, and 2. That's pretty good. Yeah. Verlon, <laughs> write all this down, big fella. We need to go after the season. Let's bring this back in and, and see who's right on this one. So and one more time, what's your what's your slash line? I'm putting you in the, 10, in the book. 4, and 2. 10, 4, and 2. And you're yeah. with me, right? You agree on the 50 starts. <laughs> right? You nah, he'll, he'll get huh? 30 starts. I, I don't think he too. takes over the position midway through the season. I think Harrison Barnes is your starting uh, forward at that position. Uh, maybe Sasha gets in from injuries or things like that. But I, I just think he's part of the rotation. Yes, he's one of the top eight. I just don't see him starting over Harrison Barnes. I do think that, and Sasha will be part of this, the Kings bench is going to be much improved oh, last yeah. year. Oh, yeah. And they had some really good players coming off the bench last year, but they also had some question marks every night. Right, right. Yeah. I, I think they're a deeper team, and that's why I said on paper, they're they're a better roster, a better offensive team. You know, Chemezi Metu's my guy, Terrence Davis, they're my guys. But you've upgraded at those positions uh, by bringing in Sasha. I even like Chris Duarte as well. I was talking to somebody yesterday. They were part of the uh, Pacers organization, and, you know, they loved Chris Duarte 
uh, coming out of college and had a great rookie year. The injury set him back in his second season. So I, I, I like the moves Monty made. And uh, on paper, this is an improved Kings team, I think. Chris always gives me a hard time because I'm really high on improvement this year from Davion Mitchell. I think he's going to shoot better, and I think he's going to stay on the floor longer, and he's already a good defender. Well, he's looked good during summer. I don't know if you've seen some of the videos, and I know everybody looks good during summer pickup ball, but uh, he looks aggressive taking it to the basket. You know, he had the sophomore slump, I think, last season. You know, the defense was there, obviously, but I don't know about the confidence in the shot. If Davion can take that leap, where the, the Fox goes to the bench and the production doesn't drop off like it did as much last season. That's going to be huge for the Kings. And he doesn't need to be a 40% three-point shooter. Why do you know that? I got give him me 35, 35. Up to 35 yeah. this year, which would be uh, That great. would be huge. Uh, give me 35 with that great defense that he plays. Uh, you know, I, I think he'll be tremendous. And I do think he'll be an improved player than he was last season. I think his confidence was shot. He still put in the work, but he wasn't seeing the results. I think that'll be different this season. I think everybody wants to know from you oh. what Sasha's three-point shooting number is going to be this year. Am I right, Chris Verlaud? Don't we is is that what people Absolutely. are uh, yeah. chiming Simone's in on? In there. We all want to know. Get out, Simone ain't here. Is she? Oh, what's up, Simone? We got to catch up. Um, I got him at 37%. 37. 37 to 38, yeah. Uh, you know... It may not surprise you to know I have him a little higher. Of course, you probably got him at like 43 or something crazy. I think 40. Like 40. I think 40? Maybe, maybe. I just yeah. think it's going to take some time to That's what we were talking know, about. Sure. Uh, adjust in terms of actually knocking down the shots. Um, Very good. You did it with your left hand, too. Uh, Oh, yeah. Well, I'm left-handed, so yeah. Oh, you are too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So is he? Yeah. Okay. So I yeah. got him at 37 to 38, some in between there. And Whitey, you, you yeah. said that he would lead the team in three-point percentage. Okay, Jeez. but I didn't give a number. You didn't give a number. Okay, man, you are just oh my on the gosh. money. Yeah, no, no, on say? the money. Yeah, <laughs> your way, your bold predictions, truly bold, truly bold. Uh, to be fair, it was together with Vizankov for the lead the team in three point percentage. Uh, Noel will lead in blocks per game and Duarte in steals per game. Yeah, yeah, more so than Fox steals. Well, yeah. I mean, I had to have a third one there. <laughs> I mean, you know, with these bold predictions. Yeah, you got to be bold. You can't like, yeah, say, yeah, De'Aaron right. will lead. Uh, yeah. I don't, yeah, De'Aaron I Fox is going to be the leading scorer. Yeah, we knew right. that. Right. We knew that. That's not yeah. that bold. All right. I water. What do you think, <laughs> honestly, what do you think the Kings need from Vizankov this year to be better? And honestly. It's not just numbers. Right? I want to see consistency. I want to see be a threat night in and night out. The problem with the Kings, I thought, this last season – they didn't have, outside of Malik Monk, you could throw Trey Lyles out there too, but they needed that third wing scorer off the bench. And I think that's where Sasha comes in. And my, I always maintain, Whitey, that good teams to great teams have seven or eight guys that can get you 20 points on any given night. Sasha fits that mold. He doesn't need to average 20, right. but certain nights, it got to be a Sasha game where – Oh, he comes in and hits five threes. Seems like that. You know, teams like you're describing, they're just hard to guard. Yeah, they're hard to guard. Exactly. We look at Denver and what they were able to accomplish. Bruce Brown uh, came in and, and did a great job. Like they had a number of guys that on any given night, we knew what Jokic was going to bring. We knew what Murray was going to bring. But who else stepped up? And the same thing with the Kings. We know we're going to get from Fox as a bonus. Who are the other guys on any given night, whether it's Malik, Herter, Sasha, those guys got to have big nights. Uh, coming up next year, Charles Barkley had some things to say about <laughs> the Kings that are nice and make you as a Kings fan feel warm and fuzzy. But I'll tell you why they are 
Basically meaningless next with Kyle Draper, <laughs> Whitey Gleason, Sacktown Sports. Check out Whitey and Watkins now on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and watch the show from your desk. Coming to you via the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Kevin Michael, Whitey Gleason, and Kyle Draper. Kyle Draper is in for Chris Watkins today. And uh, Watkins should be back tomorrow. And I know you, you're you a big fan of his bowl predictions, and I'm sorry you weren't able to hear some of them today. Yeah, exactly. We all missed out on that. Man, that's a, you <laughs> you know, like appointment either. listening. Fine, <laughs> <laughs> you rolled your eyes at mine, too, and that's fine. No, it's, you, you know, know no, I, I get it. It's, it's, they're supposed to be bold. I get it. <laughs> but, you know, nobody said that they had to be wrong, too, though. You know what I mean? Like, geez. <laughs> Chris's last bold prediction was the Aaron Fox will shoot 80% or higher from the free throw line this year. That's pretty good. Ooh, that's that's a yeah. If that's, if that's that happens, solid, yeah. That's a that now that's a good bold prediction because that could happen. Mm-hmm. That could happen. The ones you say, no shot at happening. <laughs> and so, it's, uh, which one about fifty? About Sasha starting fifty? Games? Yeah, Sasha. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But I don't think you bring Harrison Barnes back uh, for eighteen million plus per year just to be. Uh, a reserve well forward. to your point and you probably know this better than i do he i don't think he's come off the bench since 2016 yeah it's it's it he's, hasn't he's started yeah, every yeah, game since he's been yeah here. since he's been here I, I think it's been like one game or something since you know he left the warriors you know one game in dallas maybe, maybe or yeah, something like yeah. that yeah this guy's an iron man he's always in the lineup. what do you think the warriors are going to do about chris paul in a starting job do you think ultimately he'll be able to go mm, yeah, because Clay will start. Clay's not coming off the bench. Who, who's there's only one person that can come off the bench, and that's Looney. And do you want to go that small? I wouldn't think so. Like no, and then, so uh, Clay is your three, and then yeah, Wiggins, Wiggins, and, and, and Draymond. Dre. Yeah, no, Chris Paul's coming off the bench. He he doesn't know it yet. <laughs> he hasn't accepted it yet, <laughs> but he's coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna be happy about that. Uh, I mean, what, what's he gonna do? You know, what, what can you? You know, he's still gonna play as. 30 minutes per game. He's still going to be out there at the end of games, I think. Um, but I, I just I can't see the Warriors. Then you're in the same situation, though, end a game or start a game. I mean, how small are you going to go? Right. And, and who who's on the bench yes. at that time, you know? Yeah. And I just think if, if I'm uh, Steve Kerr, it depends on matchups. It depends on am I winning or am I losing? Do I need offense? Do I need defense? Like, I think it's going to be situational. I'm surprised by how many – pundits making predictions already and of course we don't have camps open yet but a lot of people are already assuming oh the Warriors are like a 50 win team and they're contender this year uh, where is that coming from you know they're they're giving Steph and Clay and Draymond those guys ultimate respect winners of four championships you know they're giving them the benefit of the doubt and this is something we talked about with Matt Barnes last week you know why are the Warriors the Lakers and all these teams getting the benefit of the doubt but yet the Kings you know are taking a step back record-wise in the minds of many. I just don't get it. You know, how come the Kings aren't getting the benefit of the doubt? Here's a bold prediction about the Warriors and the Kings from Charles Barkley on Bill Simmons' podcast. He says, quote, let's not sleep on the Sacramento Kings. Uh, they might be the third or fourth best team in the Western Conference. Now they got confidence. I'm telling you, the West is going to be very interesting. I would take Sacramento over Golden State, end quote. 
Charles Barkley. On the one hand, I think if you're a Kings fan, yeah, yeah. that's great. <laughs> On the other hand, you have to remember this. Charles Barkley has been dead wrong about the Warriors going all the way back to 2015. <laughs> he ain't got anything right about right, the Warriors right. in nearly a decade. Yeah, now. he's picked their demise for a while now. And no, but I, I, you know what? I agree with Charles, and I've been right 100% of the time. So Kings fans should feel a, a, a encouraged by that, you yeah. know? And so, no, I'm, I'm 100% with Charles. Uh, you know, I, and I don't think anybody's sleeping on the Kings. Like, and if you do, okay, to, to your own detriment, because I, I think you got the same roster intact. You got another season under Mike Brown. You actually added some pieces as well defensively, they have to be better, right? Like, at least a, a slight I, improvement, I hope. right? I'm you trying know? to figure out how, but uh, yeah. I, I, hope. I don't know how, but you would think Mike Brown, a defensive-minded coach, she's let's yeah. get something out of them Like we said with uh, when you brought Matt on last week, uh, just playing in the system yeah. another year, yeah. maybe yeah. better by virtue yeah. of that. Uh, yeah, and I'm hoping Charles Barkley isn't the kiss of death. You know, because he's been wrong a lot. But it's good to see some national guys, you know, noticing what we're doing out here in Sacramento. But the issue with the Kings isn't about them. It's about, I do think some of the other teams have gotten better that have finished behind them. I do think Phoenix is better. You know, the Lakers, they've gotten better. They'll have a full season. And so it is going to be interesting. I could argue the Kings will be a better team, but not finish as high in the conference. And that's okay. To me, if I'm a Kings fan... That's one of my predictions, by the way. They'll be better, but they will win fewer games. Right, right. They're, they're but gonna, they'll be better. But I'm judging them on the postseason. Yeah. You know, maybe you don't finish third in the Western Conference. Maybe you finish fifth, but you win a round. To me, that's a successful season. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I'm not about first-round exits. Like, to me, they have... It's sort of like the, the, the Niners, you know, like making it to the NFC Championship game. All right, nice, you've done that. You know, now take it a step farther. Same thing with Sacramento. All right, you made the playoffs. You made the first round. Great. Now take it a step farther. It To me, second round or bust, at least with this team, and, and I think they have the talent to do it, uh, but the West is going to be tough. I mean, you look at, there are no off nights. You know, you may say Houston, sure, they'll still be a bad team, but they got talent. San Antonio, they got the number one overall pick. Like, there are no off nights in the Western Conference. Here's part of the problem, if the way people are perceiving the Kings is a problem, to your point. Uh, I think that a lot of people, not just fans, but even you know media members, people who for a living evaluate these things, they still look at the Kings as, well, they've got some nice players, but they don't have the superstars. I think it's fine, uh, and I think you can win that way. I don't think it's an issue, but I think – People look for the teams that have the superstars that are going to bust through and win, and they look at, oh, look what Phoenix is doing. I'm not as high on Phoenix this year as you are. I understand why a lot of people are high on them, but I know why people say Booker and Durant and Beal, look out. But look what Denver did last year. Denver did not have a superstar laying team. Murray's great. Yeah, Jokic. Murray's uh, – Yeah, he, I know. He's he's up there, but – Yeah, but yeah. you had guys like Brown, who was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And Christian Brown, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Porter Jr., like, they built a team. And Bruce you know? Brown. Yeah, and Bruce Brown, you know, yeah. They they built a team, and I get it. But I just think we live in a uh, headline society. And role players and good players – like, DeMontis Sabonis is not a sexy player. He's not going to be on SportsCenter's top 10. You're not going out there and buying Domas' shoes uh, at Foot Locker or anything like that. But at the end of the day, 
He's a winning basketball player. He makes winning plays. I think a lot of people wonder if he can be as good this year as he was last year. I think so. I I think, you know, and I don't think, maybe I'm in the minority, I don't think he's reached his ceiling yet. Like 19 and 12 and 7, that's great. That's nice. He could be a 22 per, per game scorer. He, you know, the 12 mm-hmm. rebounds. And so I don't think we've seen the best of Domas, which is so crazy because let's not forget, he played most of last season with a thumb injury as well. Like his hand was busted up. And so, you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday. They're like, Kyle, when is Domas going to use the right hand? And I'm hoping part of the reason we didn't see a whole lot of Domas going to his right is because the injury, you know, messed him up. I'm sure he's been working on it this offseason. So I'm looking for Domas to be even better this season. Uh, to your point about he could average 20 a game, he actually did uh, in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, 20.3 points per game, only 62 games. But he's proven right. that he can he, do that. Right. He's actually done it. Yeah, exactly. And, and if when you look at his numbers, and I'll pull them up really quickly uh, right here, how many field goal attempts did he have last season, uh, Whitey? Uh, 11.9 oh, per come game. On. That's that's like fourth on the team, like a fourth option on another team. If Tomas shoots 13 to 14 times a game, he's easily a 20 point per game scorer. Yeah, he was at 13 and a half his partial year with the Kings. Before that, then last year, just under 12. Yeah. Just under 12 again. I'd like to see him get a few more shots up. Uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come right back, there's one NBA player that I'm just sick of. I'm hoping you can help me with this. Kyle. <laughs> yeah, just already sick of this guy, and it's only going to get worse. That's next year. Kyle Draper, Whitey Gleason, Sacktown Sports. Kyle Draper in for Watkins today. Chris Watkins should be back uh, tomorrow. I know I was going to tell you about the NBA player that I'm just really getting tired of. Before we get to that, Kyle, I just saw this. Jimmy Garoppolo, as we mentioned, he did an interview with Andrew Siciliano that's supposed to air on NFL Network later this afternoon, tonight. I don't know if Jimmy is making the rounds or what. He also did an interview with Robin Lundberg of SI. And listen to this. This is what he told... This is Jimmy Garoppolo to Robin Lundberg, SI, on the Trey Lance trade. Quote, weird situation. Been a lot of weird situations over there in San Francisco. Just leave it at that. (laughs) But you know I'm happy Trey got another shot, man. How about that? Been a lot of weird situations over there in San Francisco. Hey, Jimmy would know. He was involved in one, right? I mean. At least one. Yeah, at least one. And so, uh that that's Jimmy's way of uh, that's probably the strongest car- comment you'll hear <laughs> from Jimmy on this regard, and so I, I'm going to look deep into that and, and, and try to parse that and what he's actually talking about and what he's saying. Um, it's not all sweet, you know. I, I just think from a quarterback position under Kyle Shanahan, and I said this earlier, it's a difficult position to play because from what I see, he's sort of a micromanager. I don't know if he lets you be yourself either. You know, you, you mentioned it early. When we saw Jimmy Garoppolo first season here, when he came in late in the season, he's running around, he's making plays, you know, he's, he's improvising. improvising exactly. It, it's sort of like, you know, you said he was sanitized, you know, it, it's sort of like he was stripped of his personality, like, you know, stripped of, you know, what made him special. But and- if you compromise any aspect of the system, then the system is compromised. 
<laughs> Thank you, Mr. Chris, for a lot. Exactly. And so I think that's what Jimmy G is talking about. You know, it's uh, a lot of interesting things going on behind closed doors uh, with the Niners uh, organization. And I'm just talking about the quarterback to coach relationship. I mean, we can examine it since how many quarterbacks have they had since Shanahan uh, has been, I mean, like six, seven, something like that, something crazy. And so I, I just think, you know, that's the most pos- important position in the NFL but yet it's been the most unstable position for the Niners. It might not be the most important position on this team. Maybe not, but it might be. And whether it is or not, you're right. They have really haven't done a very good job figuring out who's going to handle that position. I have to think on some level that Jimmy right now, as he talks about this, as you said earlier, Jimmy not saying much, but I think it's what, what he's not saying that is much more interesting. And to me, he's implying, you know, like, hey, this was a tough situation, but I'm good, and they're still <laughs> they're still trying to figure it out. Right? Maybe they should have just kept me there the whole time, but they didn't want to do that because they would have had to pay him. Yeah, yeah, they would have had to pay him, and you know, I wonder how much fun Jimmy had as quarterback of the Niners. Like, you would know better than me. You've been around longer than I have. Uh, you've seen his tenure. Like, how do we look at Jimmy Garoppolo just from a was it? An enjoyable experience, you think, for him? Or I think was he it... loved and was loved by his teammates. And he played, He, you know, he used to be a linebacker in high school, mm-hmm. and sometimes he plays quarterback that way a little bit. You don't think of him that way. but right. uh, And I think that that was embraced by his teammates. He led them. They rallied around him. You know, when it, they weren't sure, is he playing, is he not? Is he the guy? When he was the guy, they rallied around him. Uh, so he, he had leadership skills that I think they're – no matter who takes over, I think, well, it's Brock now. I think they're going to miss some of the things Jimmy brought, but I don't think he ever quite had a, what would you call it? The relationship with Shanahan was never smooth. It was always rocky, always challenging, but ultimately I think he loved playing for that team, and I think they they responded to him as a leader. What do you think Shanahan looks for from a quarterback? Does he want just a yes man, somebody that, you know, just goes along with what he says? Yes, coach, yes, coach, throw yes, the ball coach. Where you're supposed to throw, throw the ball where you, you know. Throw it when you're supposed to throw A good soldier it. To, yeah. to an extent, you know, and so. Look, and maybe he that's, loves his, his perfect quarterback is Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And yeah. he's denied that, but it's. Right, yeah, right, it, it right. That way. And, and, yeah. And, and maybe that's Brock Purdy. You know, we talk about comparisons. We're talking about Drew Brees. Brees would improvise, too. And we saw a little imp- improvisation from uh, Purdy also. He made some plays. You know, things would break down. He, you know, scrambled out, make some throws on the run. But, you know, Kirk Cousins might be a better comparison to a Brock Purdy. You know, uh, just get the ball out, you know, make the safe throws. Um, he probably doesn't have the arm. I mean, I, I'm yeah. with you. You know, I can't figure out Kirk Cousins. Sometimes you look at him and think, man, that guy's really great, mediocre. Great, yeah. And other times like, oh, yeah. my goodness, look at those numbers. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and you know, the quarterback position is, is – I think we have to judge it differently in today's day and age because there are a lot of quarterbacks that can put up numbers. You know, the offenses are, are so much different than, you know, our yeah. days of like watching. empty calories Empty, empty calories, exactly. You know, 4,000 yards, you know, used to be a magic number. You know, now, and I'll have to look it up. Now, you know, we've seen quarterbacks go, go over 5,000 yards. And so I, I just think, you know, when you look at the quarterback position, and I maintain this about Brock Purdy, great numbers, looks good, uh, plays well. Um, 
I don't care about the system when it's time to win a Super Bowl in the final two minutes. I care about the guys on the field. Can they make the plays? You got the best system in the world, but if you don't have the guys to make the plays when the pressure is turned up the hottest, uh, that's what, that's where I want to see Brock Purdy thrive in. I want to see him you know, answer those questions for me because he's going to have a good regular season. Then, you know, it, uh, un, unless something goes catastrophically wrong, he's not what we thought he was. He, get it to your guys, the numbers will come. You know, you throw an eight-yard pass to Debo, turns into a 20-yard gain. You know what I mean? Like, so those numbers will be inflated. I just... Yak, qu- baby, yards after Yeah, the yards catch. after yak the catch. Yak. Exactly. I just uh, question the two-minute offense, the two-minute drill uh, on the road uh, in Philly, the AFC championship game, our NFC championship game, or or in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes, and and you got to lead your team on a game-winning drive. Can Brock Purdy be that guy? The one thing I'm watching for with Brock this year and Kyle, I think there's a chance, I agree with what you just said, I think there's a chance that Brock Purdy is their guy, short-term and long-term, but I think there's also a chance this year that Brock Purdy gets a little loose with the football. And mm. I think we've seen that in camp. It's I think that's there more than what we've seen last year. I think he threw I think he threw more interceptions last year than Jimmy did. Uh he had a streak without interceptions yeah. and you know Kyle loves that. But if he does regress there, and I'm not saying he's going to, but I think it's it's it wouldn't be unusual. You could expect some regression. Kyle has shown that he's not tolerant of that. You go back to the 2019 season um, a playoff game against Minnesota, <laughs> and Garoppolo throws an interception, and then they run the ball. Kyle didn't <laughs> even let him throw the ball. So he's not tolerant of that. Yeah. And this relationship that looks like it's really solid right now, if Brock Purdy has ball security issues, then I think Kyle is uh, – it'll be interesting to see how he responds to that. Yeah, and, and I'm looking at you know uh, some of Brock Purdy's numbers right here. Uh they got him for nine games, 1,374 yards. I, I'm going to throw out the first three games uh, that he played. Um, and so I'm picking it up from the Miami game, Tampa, Seattle, Washington, Vegas, and Arizona uh, to end out the regular season. Here's his passing numbers, yards. 210, 185, 217, 234, 284, 178. So not one of those games has he actually had to throw 40 times, 50 times. Like, you know, those aren't big numbers, those yards numbers. I mean, you know, the completion percentage is there, he's good, but he hasn't had to go out there and win a game. I guess, uh, you know, at the Raiders, they won in overtime, 37-34, but... Does he have a 300, 400-yard passing game in him? I don't know if he does. I don't know if he's that kind of quarterback. Yeah, obviously, if he's not throwing the ball that often, that means, guess what? We're winning winning, and we're running the ball. But people used to say that about Jimmy, and in the Super Bowl, maybe there was truth to that, but he had a great game against New Orleans in that 2019 season where he was that gunslinger guy. But it's interesting people keep asking that question of quarterbacks in this system because the system isn't designed for them to do that. Mm. It's a fair question. Um, Brock Purdy better continue throwing the ball to the guys in the right color jersey or all of a sudden he's going to be in the doghouse and then we're going to have problems. All right, coming up next here, are you ready for the Factor Fantasy Showdown? You know how this works? Are you ready? No, nah, you're going to have to school me on this one. All right. Oh, I'll school you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris Verlott will be the judge. Uh, it's just you and me going head-to-head on okay. a handful of uh, today's hottest topics. All right, let's yeah, do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm game. That's, that's next. It's Whitey and Watkins with Kyle Draper in for Watkins today. Sackdown Sports.
Download the Sacktown Sports app and listen to Whitey and Watkins on your smartphone. I feel like I have a little bit of an unfair advantage here, but I don't feel bad about that. I, I intend to take full advantage of it. Uh, Kyle Draper, Whitey Gleason here, the Factor Fantasy Showdown. This is your first Factor Fantasy Showdown, yes. right? Yeah. 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 By the way, really nice comment here before we get started on the showdown. Gammon Brown on the chat. Both of these gentlemen, gentlemen with a G, both of these gentlemen have smooth voices. Makes me feel self-conscious about my nerdy tone, <laughs> LOL. Great show. Gammon, don't, whatever you sound like. Right. You do you, you be you, and don't worry about That's it. That's one thing we can't control, right? We can't control our voice. Like, our voices are given to us. That's right. You, you know, That's try right. and change your voice or something like that. But, you know, I'm not a big fan of my voice, believe it or not. Really? I, I hate listening to myself. Huh. Yeah, I just can't do it, man. But yeah. uh, Very mellifluous. Huh? Mellifluous? Let me, let me look at yes. uh, Is that one? Yeah. Mellifluous? Give me a spelling on that one. Uh, M-E-L-I-F-L... O-U-S? Oh, yeah. Us? M-E-L-I-F-L-U-S. Sweet or musical. Pleasant to hear. Oh, My man. That. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to pull that out during the season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. good stuff. My wife's a speech therapist. She says, everyone, maybe maybe you, Gammon, you need to find what's called your uh, optimal tone. There's a pitch for everybody. Optimal right, pitch. Right, right. Everybody has one pitch at which your voice is most resonant. So you just need to find that. But if you do or don't, don't worry about it. Anyway, it's time for thank you for uh, being with us and for the comment. <laughs> Factor Fantasy Showdown. Christopher Laud, all all rise for your honor, the honorable judge for today. Christopher Laud. Hello, your honor. You may be seated. Thank you very much. Just for the record. <laughs> oh, do I actually have to stand up? To uh, you know, it's just like, uh, you don't have you know, to. I but... don't respect the law. I do my own thing. You know that. I don't follow he, rules. You may take note if you don't, but you certainly don't have to. But I, <laughs> if it pleased the court, I was standing. I would just. <laughs> Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, so usually we go with the winner goes first. It's been quite some time for Whitey, but we're going to go with you since Draper has never played this before. Also, I did win yesterday. Did you? Did yes. You? Okay. I beat Frankie. Oh, it's Frankie. That is oh, easy. That don't count. <laughs> Come on. He gave up. <laughs> Wins a win. Uh, so let's go first with you, Whitey. All the right. 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl with Brock Pur- Purdy. So trading up for Trey won't matter in the end. Fact or fantasy? Uh, that is a fact, Your Honor. I always have to start with your factor fantasy, and then I'll explain. Uh, it's going to happen. Brock Purdy is the real deal, as Kyle Shanahan says. He fell in Kyle's lap. Uh, Brock Purdy is giving the 49ers what Trey Lance was supposed to give him. That didn't work out. They botched that. And yet, hello, they got lucky with Brock Purdy. This team, and this is the year also, has to happen this year. Uh, this team is stacked. They aren't as deep as they've been in the past, but they've got everything in place here to finally get to the NFC title game, advance, and win the Super Bowl. And then none of the Trey Lance stuff will matter. So the question for you, Kyle. Oh, so now my turn. Yeah, so I'll set you up. 49ers going to win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. Trading up for Trey Lance won't matter in the end. Fact or fantasy? Fantasy. And, you know, what a... (laughs) 
What, what I'm hearing, Your Honor, is a, a lot of homerism coming from uh, my partner over here. Uh, he's <laughs> kissing and sucking up to the fan base. That's something well. I, I, will, I will never yeah. do. Uh, the reason why the Niners will not win the Super Bowl is because they will have to go on the road in the NFC Championship game to the great city of Philadelphia, which is now known as the House of Horrors for the Niners. That's where quarterbacks go to die, excuse me. And uh, Debo Samuel, he's going to have uh, some flashbacks. PTSD about being in Philadelphia. And so I, I got the Niners losing once again in the NFC Championship game. Both of you make great points. Kyle, I think you're completely right. I can't see the yeah. Niners winning the Super Bowl this year. And we're all going to say, why did they trade up for Trey Lance? So point goes to you. Next question. You got only one point there? Only one point. Okay. Only one Fair point. Yeah. All right. You're so, up for this one. So, Kyle. So, this is me. Okay. If the A's move to Las Vegas, they should leave the colors, name, and team history in Oakland. Fact or fantasy? That is 100% fact. That's the fact, Jack. And here's why. Those colors, the name, has historical significance. What are the Oakland A's colors? Anybody know? Can, can somebody recite those for me? Anybody in the audience? Anybody in the crowd? I'm not supposed to talk. It's not my turn to talk. Green? Yellow? Name me another franchise who had a similar color and they moved. Seattle Supersonics. Remember them? When they went to Oklahoma City, they didn't become the Oklahoma City Sonics. No. They left all that in Seattle. And that's why Oakland out of respect for the fans, John Fisher, that's your one last thing you should do is leave the name and the colors in the great city of Oakland. If the A's move to Las Vegas, they should leave the colors, name, and team history in Oakland. Fact or fantasy? Uh, that is a fantasy. It's just a fantasy. Uh, one thing the A's and my esteemed opponent, Kyle Draper, have in common, they both started in Philadelphia, and I wish they'd both stayed there. Okay, that's what <laughs> <laughs> the A's went. They were in Philadelphia. They moved to Kansas City. Then they moved to Oakland. Now they're moving to Vegas. Since they've been in Oakland, since they first came to Oakland in 68, there were talks that they're not drawing enough. They got to move. Uh, they have had some glorious moments with some World Series. But for the most part, it's been a cycle with the Oakland A's. You're good. Maybe win a championship. Tear it down. You're terrible. So let's end that cycle. Let the A's go to Vegas. Uh, the Las Vegas A's, and they can continue the cycle there. We get an expansion team in Oakland, go back to the days of the Pacific Coast League and the Oakland Oaks. They have roots. They have real <laughs> roots. They are truly rooted in Oakland. The A's can continue their sorry history in Las Vegas, and we'll start over with the Oakland Oaks in Oakland. That was strange. I was really agreeing with Kyle, but I really like the idea of the Oakland Roots baseball team. No way. Also, you compared the A's to the Supersonics of Seattle, which is something we don't like in this courtroom. <laughs> All right. So we've got a tie game. That's, point, yeah. That's, one that's to terrible. one. That's terrible. <laughs> I know. You're trying to make it interesting, Verlot. I get it. Because if I would have won that, it would have been a wrap. I would have been over. So oh, no. points, points can differ yeah. on oh, different uh, differ. answers. Oh, yes. yeah. right. I won on a five-pointer yesterday. Oh, he did. nice. Yeah. Uh, Charles, so this one's so, for you, Whitey. Okay. Charles Barkley is right. The bad boy Pistons would have broken Steph Curry. Fact or fantasy? Oh, that's a fact. That's the fact, 
And I don't like saying it because I love Steph Curry and I love watching uh, him play and do his thing. And the bad boy Pistons were hard to watch, but Chuck is right. He played in that era. It was a different time. What the Pistons did, as Kyle well knows, as uh, your honor, you probably know, what the Pistons did with Chuck Daly, Hall of Fame coaches, they, they were so big and physical, they said, foul everybody all the time. They can't call them all. And eventually they moved the needle to the point where every game with the Pistons became so physical that it worked to their advantage. I have no reason to think why they couldn't do it again. Uh, Assuming we played under the old rules, Steph Curry's a smaller guy, different era. That's always what it comes down to when you compare teams from different eras. What rules are they playing under? I'm assuming here we're playing under the bad boy rules. The bad boys would out-physical Steph Curry and the Warriors, and they would neutralize the shooting and win 92 (laughs) to 89. 100% 100% fiction, your honor, and here's why. Steph Curry today would have been the same Steph Curry 20, 30 years ago. We're talking about Steph Curry, the man, who he is right now, his game. You transport his game 30 years ago, he's not going to the basket. He's pulling up from half court. He's pulling up from 28 feet out. Pulling How do you do defend that? And did they break Michael Jordan? Remember, the NBA instituted rules, got rid of the hand checking to free up offense to allow guys like Jordan. You don't think at the time Commissioner David Stern would see that Steph Curry is the future of the league and make some rule changes? There was nobody in the league office a fan of the Detroit Pistons and the way they played the game. So they would have changed the rules in favor of Steph Curry. Both make excellent points. This one's a tough one to judge. It's all tied up. Whitey, I completely agreed with you when you said they would just break him. But Kyle made an amazing point of David Stern would not let the league hurt him. So, Kyle, you get the point and the win. For fact the, or fantasy I, showdown, I congratulations. You don't have to, but, uh, you know, it's kind of a tradition. Yeah. There <laughs> we go. It's the crown of superiority. You earned that. like... That. Uh, Vince Lombardi over you, here, you Newt Rockney or something. That's <laughs> impressive. That was a good match. I mean, he played really well for never, never having Thank played you. before. Thank you. Something Thank tells you. me that, uh, Kyle, you've argued from time to time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shoot, I wake up arguing in my household. Trust yeah, me on that. Congratulations. Well done. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you, Your Honor. I will be filing an appeal shortly. Uh, I think we'll probably argue some more here coming up because you have to guess the Hall of Fame quarterback that Brock Purdy has been compared to <laughs> by a teammate. That's coming up. He's the champ today. Kyle Draper, Whitey Gleason, Sackdown Sports.